Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we're going to look at Psalm 139. And I'm really looking forward to this reflection because I think there's some really good truth here for us. I'm going to read, then we'll pray. And it's a a relatively long passage, I think 20 some odd verses. So buckle your seatbelts up. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, oh Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night, even darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. For it was you who formed my inward parts and knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance, and your book were written all the days that were formed for me when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! I try to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. Oh, that you would kill the wicked, O God, and that the bloodthirsty would depart from me, those who speak of you maliciously and lift themselves up against you for evil. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them as my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, I ask you for grace today to hear from the psalmist, Lord. Uh, Words and poetry like this sometimes are hard for us to wrap our hearts around, but I pray today that you would help us to see truth in you, truth about you, and truth that relates to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I chose this psalm out of our daily lectionary. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. We're glad you're here. We we typically choose a reading from the daily lectionary readings from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. And today is one of those readings. So if you're following along, you, you would find that I'll reflect typically on a passage that you're reading on the corresponding day. But I chose this passage in particular because it's broken into three sections. And I just want to spend some time in each of these three sections uh, that help us get through the whole whole poem, because I think there's something here for you. In verses one through six, we find the first sort of section of thinking. And the verses there tell us that God is intimately familiar with us. The poet wants you and me to truly consider this. He could have just stated, God, you know us completely, but instead, The psalmist uses several images to describe the way that God knows us. 
Number one, he searches and knows us. Number two, he's aware of our sitting down, our rising up and our lying down, so where our bodies go and where they are. Number three, God knows our paths and our ways, so the places we visit, the direction and trajectory of our lives. And then fourthly, God knows the content of our thoughts and our words. So those four ideas come together to paint a comprehensive picture of God's intimate familiarity with you and me. He's not just a president or a king in a distant land or state who doesn't know who you are. God knows you in those four ways, and those are worthy of our consideration. He's intimately familiar with you. God is near, and he's aware. And the picture that we have of God's awareness might stir uncomfortable feelings in us. Um, because we're all aware of the darkness that lives in our own hearts, our own flaws. And here we see that God is familiar with us, warts and all. He sees us. And the second movement here, the second thing that I think the poem invites us to see is this one in verses 7 through 12. Because God knows us, we cannot escape his gaze. The poet actually states that God sees us when we go up, when we go down, when we go east, and when we go west. So I think of high places, low places, times when I'm tempted to hide, times when I run from God. And all these times, God's gaze falls upon us. And there's an element here that I think is worthy of our consideration. There's an element of pursuit here. There's an echo of the shepherd who pursues his lost sheep. And at times this pursuit can be unnerving. I've actually heard tell of the hounds of heaven being put on our trail when we're wandering. I think an English poet referenced that in the 19th century. Uh, More recently, there's a Bethel song called Reckless Love that has caused a stir in some Christian circles because God is seemingly pursuing us with reckless abandon. I think if you're an animal caught in a thicket at the edge of a ravine and a shepherd is breaking through briar and bramble to rescue you, that might feel reckless, even though we know objectively it's not reckless. It's just bold pursuit. I think the poet here is wanting us to get this picture that God pursues us even when we're in bad places. He pursues us even when we're running from him, that he's aware of us. And the poet tells us that when God catches up to us, we needn't fear. His intention is to do three things. And y'all hear this. This is so important. When God catches up to you, his gaze, when he finds you, his intention is to bless you with direction. The text tells us his hand leads us. His intention is also to bless you with security and stability. His hand holds us. And thirdly, his intention is to bless you with his presence. And his presence makes even the darkest place bearable. He finds us even in the darkness. I love the words here that say, darkness is not dark to you, O God. What's strongly implied there is that darkness is in fact dark to us, that we're not able to see clearly in dark times. And many of us right now are probably... Uh, trying to navigate a dark time, COVID and all that's gone with it. It's just been a dark time. 2020 and now 2021 here at the beginning, it's been tough. But darkness is not dark to God. See, we may lose our ability to see clearly and to know exactly what's coming when we're in a dark place, but God sees us and what's going on around us even in the darkness. These statements from the psalmist, I think, help us understand something of immense importance, which is that God's scrutiny is not something that we should fear. Rather, we must invite God's scrutiny because God can be trusted, and we're going to turn to this idea in a moment. 
his commitment to us is solidified in the fact that he made us, he fashioned us, and so he's committed to us. In verses 13 and 18, um, going through that section, we're told that creatures like you and me, humans, are creatures of dignity and beauty because we were created with thought and purpose from the heart of God. So here's some things that the poet says about us regarding the dignity of your image bearing. He says, you are full of complexity and beauty, fearfully and wonderfully made. It's God knows our frame, that we're vulnerable. The word for frame literally means our bones. We're often embarrassed by our vulnerability, but the God who made us, who fashioned us, is not embarrassed by our vulnerable frame. He knows that we're vulnerable. And vulnerability can be viewed in a couple of ways. We can either be embarrassed by it and try to hide it, and that's what lots of us do. We, we're afraid of our limitations, and many of us are being confronted by our limitations now. Or we can embrace our vulnerability, our weakness, as a reminder that we're utterly dependent upon God for his help and his compassion. And that's what the poet is trying to get us to see. It's your vulnerability. Your limitations are not something to be embarrassed about. They're actually something that should drive you and me to an increased awareness that we're dependent upon a God who wants to take care of us. Sheep need shepherds. Jesus is our good shepherd. The poet also tells us here that God knows the path of our life with all its twists and turns. And that's really encouraging to me because I don't know the twists and turns. Lately, I've, I've been experiencing some twists and turns in my own heart, and, and it's been really confusing. I, I've found myself discouraged lately in some ways. And so I'm comforted here by the fact that God knows where my life is headed, even if I don't. That God understands that our path sometimes is difficult and he wants to see us through it. He also understands that my sin complicates my path from time to time. The same is true for you, that sometimes the best routes are obscured because we've made mistakes or we've walked down roads that are not productive for us. The next thing the poet wants us to see here in this section is that God's capacity to think thoughts is beyond our comprehension. The exact phrase here is wonderful. The poet says, how weighty to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. I try to count them. They're more than the sand. I come to the end. I'm still with you. The Lord is thinking about you. God's thoughts toward you are more than you could count. God's thoughts and what's going on in his heart is more than we can comprehend. And this leads us to the last section in the poem. God calls us to hate evil, including the evil that lives in our own hearts. That's what we see in verses 19 to 24. The concluding words in this psalm, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Those words constitute one of the most beautiful short prayers in the entire Bible. See, if we follow the flow of the psalm, we're now right back to where we began. God knows us. God sees us. We cannot hide from his gaze. But then we see that his inclination toward us is to provide direction so that we might navigate darkness. Then we invite his gaze. We invite him to be with us. And that includes us asking the Lord to root out evil and darkness in us and around us. My prayer for you today is that you would trust the Lord with your life and that you would look inside and say, God, help me to be the kind of person that increasingly allows you to find me in the dark. God bless you. Go in peace. Amen. Amen. 
If you felt moved or inspired by something in this podcast, an idea, an image, or an impression, carry it with you into your day as a prayer, coming back to it again and again in the spaces throughout your day. Be curious about what God wants to show you. What in your life needs to hear this word of encouragement, inspiration, or course correction? And be courageous in your response. The Holy Spirit will give you the grace to carry out whatever He places on your heart. And thank you for being with us today. We look forward to having you with us again next time here at Renewing the Center. Mm -hmm.